What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Hope everybody's doing well. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And if you weren't rocking a Mystery Ranch Fireline pack, well, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, your back probably hurts and it probably sucks to be you, dog. But in addition to the most comfortable, the most well-built, and the most awesome-er-est, if that's even a word, Fireline packs in the game, they make a ton of other load-bearing essentials. And specifically, I'm going to bring up uh, two very uh, awesome packs, if you will. Well, one's a briefcase, but you got the Urban Assault 21 and the three-way briefcase, both in Wildfire Black. Why do I bring up these ones? Well, interesting story. A portion of the proceeds of these pack sales are going directly back to you folks in the field. Yeah. So check this out. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, Mystery Ranch is kind of doing this thing called the Backbone Series like NBD, bro. But uh, yeah, no, it's actually a big deal. It's pretty awesome. It's telling the story of Wildland Fire and it's doing a hell of a job of doing it. But the reason why I bring up this, like the packs and the briefcase and the backpack, well, you might be able to get a little bit of a divvy of this. So head over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out the Backbone series. And if you want, if you're feeling lucky, or if you got an epic story to tell, submit your story and check this out. Uh, you're selected for uh, an, a story in the Backbone series. Well, a thousand bucks is on the line for you folks in the field that are going above and beyond in the line of duty and after duty to get some training. So I know how that stuff uh, is expensive. You know, EMS, uh, EMT quals and all these other fire classes are kind of expensive. But hey, if you want a little uh, boost to those funds to get your uh, education on, well, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out the Backbone series. It's awesome. Hey, all you fire nerds. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Sierra Blanca Wildland Fire Academy, also known as the SBWFA. And check this out. If you fire nerds out there are looking to advance your career, get some classes underneath your belt, well, look no further than New Mexico's own Sierra Blanco Wildland Fire Academy. And if you want to find out more of all the classes that they have to offer, which is quite considerable, actually. So if you're looking for anything from Firefighter 1 to uh, Advanced ICS, which is pretty epic, Go to www.sbwfacademy.com and check this out. A little rumor's been floating around there that they uh, might be doing a scholarship slash giveaway to uh, those lucky few out there that are looking to advance their fire career. So be on the lookout for that. And if you want to find out more, go over to sbwfacademy.com. Dot com. They've got a, a lot of experience and uh, well, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty good academy. So once again, go over to that website and check them out. You can also find them on the old Instagram as well. Just look for Sierra Blanca Wildland Fire Academy on both Instagram and Facebook. So go check them out. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor, and that's going to be none other than Hot Shot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, and a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. But in addition to kick-ass coffee for kick-ass causes, well, they make a ton of other stuff. <gasps> 
like what? Well, they make a full line of wildland firefighter themed apparel, all of the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. And of course, that kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause. So if you're uh, looking for some holiday gifts, go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check out all they have to offer. Hell, they even have Christmas ornaments this year, which is pretty freaking sweet. But in addition to that, you can get some uh, exclusive Anchor Point podcast merch. So if you happen to be looking for one of those uh, Fire Fiend t-shirts or uh, one of the Band of Brothers t-shirts, well, swing over to www.hotshopbrewery.com and check it out. The Anchor Point Podcast would also like to give a quick little shout out to our buddy Booze over at The Ass Movement. And if you don't know what that stands for, well, it is the Anti-Surface Shitting Movement. It's a funny name. It's a funny acronym, but they're serious about uh, being true stewards to the land. So if you want the finest in poo-burying propaganda, well, head over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. Why? Because I don't know about y'all, but I absolutely hate. In fact, I went fly fishing today and uh, yeah, inevitably. I always stumble upon a human turd gift wrapped in toilet paper and that shit is disgusting and it needs to stop. So a friendly little reminder would be to, uh, you know, get some slaps, some uh, stickers or some patches or hell, even if you uh, have a uh, problem pooper on your crew or no, a problem pooper, well, you can get them a special turd trowel. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I there's the puns are endless with this uh, <laughs> this whole one this whole advertisement. But anyways, if you guys uh, want to get the finest in poo bearing propaganda, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement and check this out. You can actually save ten percent off your entire order site wide by using the code Anchor Point Ass Ten. So once again, www.thefirewild.com. And last but not least, the Anchor Point Podcast is going to be brought to you by the Smoky Generation, also known as the American Wildfire Experience. And if you don't know what that is, well, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check out the entire catalog, the digital archive, if you will, of wildland firefighting stories dating all the way back to the 1940s. There's a huge collection of them. I want to say there's only, well, I want to say there's over 200 of these stories of you folks in the field telling the story of wildland fire. And it's pretty epic. So if you want to trip down memory lane or you want to get some mentorship from those folks in the field that are your peers, well, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check this out. Bethany has a kick-ass organization over there and they've also partnered up with Mystery Ranch to uh, pass some of that uh, on to you. Yeah. So they are doing the Smoky Generation grants and the opportunity to win a $500 Smoky Generation grant for you folks in the field that are telling the the story of wildland fire, whether or not you're a blogger, a writer, a cinematographer, a photographer, anybody who's telling the story of wildland fire, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org for your chance to win one of these $500 Smoky Generation grants. Bethany, you have a kicking ass organization over there. Keep it up.
The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. I hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody is gearing up for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever it is that you choose to celebrate. I'm more of the uh, Hanukkah kind of person, personally. But uh, yeah, we're gearing up for the holidays and yeah, reconnecting with family. It's going to be awesome. But if you happen to find yourself in Reno, Nevada on December 18th, well, swing on by to Tentor Distillery and Brewery because the first annual Anchor Point podcast meetup and holiday party is going down. Yeah, it's going to be a white elephant gift exchange and it's going to be freaking epic. But with that being said, today on the show, we've got one hell of a person on there. We have one hell of a person on the show and they happen to be riding a bicycle across the freaking country, not only to raise money for the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, but also to raise some awareness for the uh, mental health issues that are plaguing our community. So we're going to talk about why this journey has started and how far he's made it so far. And it's going to be cool. This guy is a stud. Uh, particularly in the realm of PT. And uh, yeah, and he also kind of calls out uh, Mr. David Goggins. So Goggins, if you're listening to this, definitely uh, pick up some miles with this guy because Kevin is a badass. But with that being said, I hope everybody enjoys the show. And I'd like to introduce my good friend, Mr. Kevin Conley. Welcome to the Anchor Point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest who's doing some incredible shit and riding his bike all the way across the country. Yeah, 3,000 miles, a little over 3,000 miles. And uh, yeah, he's doing all to raise awareness for mental health and raise a little bit of uh, money for the wildland firefighters. So I'd like to introduce my good friend, Kevin Conley. What's going on, dude? How are you doing? Hi, Brandon. How are you, man? I am slightly better than awesome. How about you, man? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Definitely. Uh, you know what we say in the you know fight fires. I'm I'm hot shot good. Hot which shot. A good. lot of people. A lot of people don't understand that term, but I'm hot shot good. <laughs> Little beat up and uh, but in good spirits. Yes, sir. That's correct. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm in great spirits. Yeah, we broke uh, fourteen hundred miles. Riding on the bike, pulling my uh, puppy Rocky. Rocky, say hi. Rocky, come here. Oh, Who's a good boy? Rocky. There's a good boy. Hey, hi, Rocky. Cool. Yeah, we're we're in we're in great spirits. I mean, this uh, this bike trip is is changing my life, and honestly, it's saving my life. That's fucking awesome, dude. And yeah, you've got a hell of a story of why you embarked on this endeavor and 
why you're doing this. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, right? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. And the first thing that I I want to say is, uh, there's there's times and I'm doing this to raise charity to, to raise money for the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, and I'm doing this for our brothers and sisters that will die in the fire line, and it sucks, but that's what's going to happen every year. Someone's going to die, and what the foundation does is they step in and they help those families. And I'm riding this this bike with my dog, and I'm doing it to make myself a better person, to rediscover who I am. But I wanted to do that for a greater purpose. And there's no reason, there's no time for me to ever complain because I think about a little boy that will never get to tell his dad about his first home run that he hit, or a wife that will never get to talk to her best friend ever again. And I think about that when I'm riding my bike. I think about these tragedies where we lose people on wildfires and the Wildland Firefighter Foundation steps in and they do what they can to help them through that grieving process. So when I'm pedaling my bike up the steepest hill through anything, I got a headwind or anything, I don't complain. I think about those people and I think about the money that we can raise to help them through that time, something that I hope we never have to go through. That's powerful shit right there, man. That right there says it all. That says your heart's in the good in a good place, man. And it says a lot about what you're doing, why you're doing it, your healing process involved behind it, and the future outlook of things, man. You're doing this thing for a purpose that is way bigger than yourself. And that right there is something to be applauded, man. That's fucking incredible. Yeah, I I was riding a bike, you know, but uh, I care a lot. And it's amazing. This country is amazing for all the, it's just, when you look at this country, there's so much negative stuff you see on the news. And every day I am reminded how wonderful, how strong, how diligent and how compassionate Americans are. And every single day, I'm like, God bless America. This country is so strong. We take care of each other. We're good to each other. And we are a strong fucking country. And that's why we're the best country in the world. And I've seen things on my bike and seen things every day that are just like, I can't believe this happened in front of my eyes. I'm living in a dream. And the support I've got from wildland firefighters all across California, all across Arizona, New Mexico, and now I just got into Texas. I feel like there's an army. I know I'm riding my bike. It's just me and Rocky. I feel like there's an army just pushing me. I could feel it in the wind. I could feel it right behind me. And then when I ride my bike through fire scars, I'm reminded of what it takes to get up that hill. And when I think about the foundation and I think about some of these people that passed away on fires, it's, it's just a wave of emotions how strong the people of the United States are. That's pretty wild, man. That must be like a, an incredible journey for you, man, to have that, that knowledge of what's like pushing you. Right. That's gotta be an incredible feeling. Like it's gotta feel really fucking good. Oh yeah, it does. It's, 
Well, it blows my mind because there's moments where where I'm like, this is tough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can and imagine, then, dude. You're towing a dog, too. I mean, if you were just on your bike alone, that's a different story. But now you're towing, you know, a, a freaking... It's, it's kind of like a baby carrier that you see, like, being towed on a bicycle, but you got your dog in there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he's a good boy. And there's... Gosh, there's no... You know, pros and cons. There's nothing that I would change. I love having him here. And... Obviously, he can't. Uh, he can't speak. <laughs> good boy, Rocky. He's a good boy. Well, you know, coming into camp, and I got my puppy right there. And I got my best friend. Every time I put him in his uh, his tail wagon, is what they call it. I throw him in there, and I give him a kiss, and I think he really enjoys it. He's got his head out the window, and he's feeling the wind. Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun, but it took a. Uh, a lot to get here. Oh yeah, man. And that's what you were talking a little bit about before we started recording here is your journey of why you did this. Um, and like the, I, I guess like the motive, not even motivation really. It's like the reasons why you just decided to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. And you just one day woke up and decided that you're going to ride your bicycle across the country and raise some money and raise more importantly, some, some awareness, right. For the, whole picture of mental health in the wildland fire community, man, that's huge. Like it, for someone to do that, just to wake up one day and decide that they're going to ride their bicycle across the country. You have to have a lot of, I, I guess, I guess you have to have a pretty good reason of why, like a lot of conviction behind the reasons that you're doing this. So let's get into that, man. Let's, well, let's, let's talk about you. Let's talk about who you are as a person where you worked, like your experience in fire. And then let's just roll that into the reasons why. And we kind of talked about this whole, uh, the way we're going to do this is we're probably going to do like a two or three part um, series. So like you're at one third of the journey right now, then we'll do the second third. And then when you finish, man, we'll do the tell all. So let's, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Let's take it away, man. Tell us all about yeah, yourself. Yeah. I man. mean, uh, I went through fucking hell and I used to think that, that people that went through anxiety and panic and, and disorders and depression, I used to think that was weak. And then just being a man, I was so stubborn to speak out about it. And then when I finally did, I realized that it takes courage. It's not weakness. We're going to go through things in life. And I want people to know they're not alone. I went through fucking hell. And last year in November, right after fire season, every day I started having extreme panic attacks and uh, my blood pressure was through the roof. I went to the emergency room one time. Rocky, come here. I went to the emergency room one time and my blood pressure was uh, 205 over 115. Holy shit. Which was higher higher than when my father had heart attack. And I was literally every day, I thought I was dying. I would write a letter to my little brother. I'd write a letter to my father or to my mother. I thought I was going to die every day. I would start shaking. I was afraid to be in tunnels, to be in elevators. And constantly it would happen at 
nine o'clock in the morning or it would happen at 10 o'clock at night. And I didn't know how to cope with it. And I would try to run. And sometimes I could only run. And I'm a, I've ran uh, ultra marathons. So I've ran 50 miles in a day. I would run sometimes a quarter mile and my body would just shut down and I just had to go back home. And the only way that I knew how to deal with it to calm myself down, I self-medicated and I'd have a few beers and that would happen sometimes at nine o'clock in the morning. I don't want to fucking drink at nine o'clock in the morning. And then I'd be getting ready to go to bed 10, 11 o'clock at night. My body would just get into this crazy breakdown it was so scary. I, I can't like, I don't know how to describe the the thoughts and the feelings that were going through my head, but it happened every single day. I was like, this is it. And I self-medicated on alcohol. And then I finally got the courage to go speak with the doctor. And I went to the emergency room and I told him how I was feeling. And they just threw medicine at me. And I, for five months, I went on this medication, that medication, this medication, another medication. And the doctor ended up poisoning me. Uh, she put me on a medicine called Lexapro, which I ended up being allergic to. And when I told her that I was having rashes, I was throwing up, I was getting bloody noses, and I was uncontrollably irritable. I was having mood swings. I was just like an aggressive asshole. When I told her that, all those symptoms, she said, it doesn't have to do with the medicine. We're going to double your dosage. So she doubled my dosage. And I believed in her because I was so sick. I just wanted help. They doubled my dosage. It got to a point where I was just, I lost my mind. And I, uh, had some dark thoughts where I, I was thinking about just driving my truck a hundred miles an hour into a fucking wall. And that's how bad it got. I didn't want to be alive. And I decided to just wean myself off the medicine on my own. So I went and just started taking lower dosages. And for six months, I didn't run. I didn't bike. I didn't hike. I didn't do all the things that I love in this life. I was just trapped in this suffering in my own fucking head. As soon as I weaned off that medicine, I think it was like three or four days after I was not taking any of the pills. After I weaned off, I ran every day of October. And I think it's important for people to know that no one is going to go out there and pick you up and say, it's time to go. You have to fight for yourself and you have to pick yourself up. You got to tie your fucking boots and you got to get out there and do something. And I knew that I was losing my mind. I lost the girl of my dreams. When I was on this medicine, I was not a nice person to be around and I was going through hell. And I, I lost some relationships that I wish I didn't didn't lose. Um, but I'm responsible for that. And I take accountability for that. And I knew that I had to make a change in myself. And I had to go out and I had to do something. And that's when I was like, fuck it. I'm booking a train ticket. 
we're going to leave Salt Lake City. We're going to San Francisco. And I uh, called the Wildland Firefighter Foundation right away, and I called Burke. He called me right back. We had a good talk about raising money for the foundation. And next thing you know, me and uh, Rocky were on a bike riding down to San Diego. So it, it did. It happened like that. It wasn't like a... I didn't sit there and plan this for months. It literally happened, and I would I would guess, looking back on it, I think it happened in about fifteen minutes. You just made that decision went, to go and do it. I I called my boss. I I helped my buddy with tree removal in Salt Lake City. I called him. I said, "I'm so sorry. I got to go do something for myself, and uh, I'll see you in a few months." And he was cool, like. No big deal. Yeah, he's a good friend. Uh, I'm, I've done a few uh, long distance hikes. So he's a long distance hiking friend. Gotcha. It, the thing that baffles me about this is um, they prescribed you this medicine, right? And they didn't follow up with any of the symptoms that you're reporting. I mean, when you're, when you're on like something like Lexapro, I mean, that's, that's fucking with your brain chemistry, right? It works for some people. I mean, obviously with any drug, you have the risk of adverse reactions, just like with anything you put in the body, right? Of course. Fuck, even IV fluids, you can have an adverse reaction to that. It's very rare, but needless to say, uh, you reported all these symptoms and they had to double your dose, man. That's, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's, that's that doesn't make any sense to me. And they, I just, it, it was wild, and, and you can be an armchair quarterback. You know, we look at fires, and we talk about this shit all the time. Yeah. And looking back, I'm like, how was I so fucking, how was I so dumb to tell them this? But I just wanted help so badly that I just listened. I blindly listened. They had me on uh, Lexapro, on blood pressure medicine, and they were giving me Ativan which is a pretty strong drug. Yeah. And so pretty powerful stuff there too. They just threw me this medicine and pretty much said, good luck. And what I've learned was the best medicine for me was exercise was to get out there and ride my bike for six, seven, eight hours a day and to reclaim my life and who I am. And yeah. It's been it's been a rough a rough year and I'm uh finally starting to feel like myself again. I'm I'm feeling the best I've felt maybe in my entire life where I'm starting to like really be in the moment and I feel like I'm living so vividly and so passionately and I'm like right here and the things that have happened on this trip are just like, it's miracles. Magic is happening around me every day. And I'm, I can't believe how dark it got. Like I remember one of the last nights when I was withdrawn off the medicine, I called my best friend. I don't really remember talking to him at all. And he said, dude, you were in a really dark place. And I, I turned my phone off, threw it against the wall, and he ended up calling the police. 
to do a wellness check on me. And uh, it was my last day on medicine. And 12 hours later in the morning, the police were knocking on my door and I opened the door and I was like, what's going on? And they were like, hey, we just want to make sure you were okay. You're like, are you thinking about hurting yourself or anything like that? And I was like, no, sir, I'm, I'm feeling great. Everything's okay. But it got to this place where my mind was so dark and I just wasn't able to think about, I'm a very positive person and I got in this dark place and I know what I need to do. I, I'm always positive, but this medicine destroyed me mentally. It destroyed me. And I was trying to pick myself up and I realized I just need to stop taking the medicine and then I could pick myself up. And it got so freaking dark, man. And it was scary. And I can't believe that uh, a month and a half ago, a little over a month ago, I was in a place where I didn't want to talk to anyone and I didn't want to be alive. And now I'm riding my bike across the country with my dog and I am back to who I am and I'm happy. That's powerful shit, man. And that, that all took it all, it all took, it didn't take anything but myself. Yeah. And that's what I want people to know. It's like you can be anywhere in life and you can pick yourself up. I was drowning in my own fucking head. And there was no one that was pushing me, that threw me on a train, that grabbed my bike. There's no one that did that. I knew that I had to get up and do some. And I want people to know they're not alone. It takes courage. You are brave if you tell people you're going through hell. It does not mean that you are weak to tell people you are suffering. Mental illness is a real fucking thing. And I didn't know it until last year, how real it was, because I went through it. And I want people to know it's up to you. you got to pick yourself up. There ain't nobody that's going to do it for you. You have to do it on your own. And you can. And you can. I don't want, I want people to know that they fucking can. I rolled off the couch and rode my bike from San Francisco to El Paso, Texas. I did not train, but I'm mentally, I'm mentally, I'm fighting to be a better person. And that's the other thing too, man. Even if, even seeking assistance from like a therapist or anything like that, man, even if you need that extra step or some more tools in your toolbox, like that's, that's a value too, man. And that's another thing too. What you're saying there is it's up to you to fix whatever it is that's going on. You're hundred percent right because a therapist isn't going to fix it for you. A clinician is not going to fix it for you. A psychiatrist is not going to fix it for you. They're going to give you the tools to help you along the way. But the only person that's going to fix it at the end of the day is going to be you. Right. hundred percent, man. Yeah, no, it's great to have tools. Like, uh, currently I, I speak to my therapist once a week and I love it. It's so awesome to talk to someone and they just say, yeah, that does sound tough. And they, they agree with you. And it's just nice to talk to someone like that and, and give you some advice. And I've been, I've been blown away by the wildland firefighters that helped me out. I had the uh, globe hot shots, globe engine crews helped me out. 
Silver City Hot Shots, Silver City Crews helped me out. And the love I've been getting from firefighters shows us that brotherhood where people don't understand what we go through. We don't we don't do this for a paycheck because we don't get paid that much. We don't get paid. We shit. dig line. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we'll punch fucking line 16 hours a day for $15 an hour any day. Because it's a rewarding job where we get to take care of public land, we get to protect the forest, we get to protect the communities, and we help people. And it's a job that needs to be, and it's a job that needs to be done. We don't do it for that a boy. Get we paid do in it sunsets, dog. Because we do it. You get paid in sunsets, man. That's for sure. <laughs> That's right. We get paid in sunsets and MREs. Right. That's the thing, though. It's, it's, it's a testament to the resiliency of our community, really. I mean, even punch a line for 16 hours a day, you know, and just doing embracing the suck the entire time, because this is no easy job. It, Quite frankly, it fucking sucks at sometimes, and you don't get paid dick to do it. That being said, that translates into like real life to anything else you can do, right? And you alone have proven that, man. You're, it's no small feat to ride your bicycle towing a dog, towing your dog, across the country, man. That's incredible. Yeah. It's one of those, it's one of those things where you're just like, uh, I love when David Goggins talks about reaching into his cookie jar. And it's just like, after everything I've been through and after everything that I personally like friends have been through, I just had a, a buddy got in a car accident and lost his fucking leg. So I, I'm very close to people going through terrible things. So it's like, I could definitely ride my bike for a few hours today. That's the least of my worries. And I feel blessed to be able to ride my bike a few hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, hopefully David, uh, David Goggins is listening to this and hopefully he'll come down there and meet you somewhere and kind of like intercept you and pick up a few miles with you. I think that would be pretty badass if you did that, man. That would be pretty cool. Well, if, if David Goggins happens to hear this, I challenge him. I guarantee I can ride a bike further than him in 24 hours. Oh shit. Challenge dropping it. Yeah. I'll, I'll call him. I'll call him out. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to like cut up this and uh, re, I'm going to put up a, like a little post and tag him in this in my my uh, Instagram, my social media, see if he uh, picks up Gosh, on it. Can you imagine me and him ride bikes for 24 hours? That'd be cool, man. I, I'm pretty strong at this point. Like when I, if I let the dog off the, the trailer, I've had some people help me out with the dog for a day or two. I can ride a hundred miles easy. In a day. But when I have the dog, 60 miles is a huge day. Well, shit, man. You got all that weight and drag, dude. Day. What's that? I said, you'll get all that weight in that drag, man. It's got to be pretty damn tough. Oh, yeah. And there's been, there's been some scary places where there's just like no shoulder on the road. Oh, yeah. And I'm... Um, yeah, it's all... I mean, so much of life is always up in your head. But when you're on a bike and there's no shoulder, it's, it's pretty scary. You're not thinking about climbing up that mountain. You're thinking about... Can I get up that mountain alive? I can imagine it's a pretty dangerous thing, but that's another thing too, is, I mean, life is not without its risks and you gotta, like you said, man, you gotta go out there and be hungry and get after it if you want to accomplish something and that involves risk in itself, man. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, nothing. Uh, we're not going to do anything fulfilling if it's, uh, it's not going to be easy. It's always going to be hard if you're doing something that's going to fill your heart with love, you know? Oh yeah. Something with a bigger, like a bigger purpose than just yourself, man. Absolutely. It does. Up. Oh, did I lose you? Up. Oh, there we are. So I got a question for you, man. It's uh, it might be a little bit of a personal question. So I hope I don't offend you if I ask this, but like, Oh, uh, can you hold on one second? He's got a, hold on one second. Yeah. No worries. Rocky, drop it. Drop it. Hey, no. <laughs> go play a touch toy. Hey, look, no, can't chew on that. You can't chew on that, bud. <laughs> hey, I love you. You can't chew on that. I'm sorry, Brady. One, one second. You're good, dude. No worries. Just give me one second. Hey, you can't chew on that, okay? It's okay. That tastes better, doesn't it? <laughs> sorry, it keeps biting on my shoes. Oh, oh no, <laughs> that's not good. Um, yeah, but go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. Anyways, I was going to ask you a, a little bit of a personal question with the whole experience that you had with, uh, the doctor prescribing this, this drug to you and then doubling the dose. I mean, I would feel horribly like lied to in that scenario. And it kind of makes me question if they're like competent enough in their scope of practice to do something like that. I mean, do you feel like lied to that you were lied to? Like this person is trying to give you help and they just made your life fucking infinitely worse because you were allergic to this drug. Right. Um, yes. I feel like... I feel like she worked out of her scope. Um, I do believe that she was trying to help me. I just don't believe she had the, the knowledge to do so. I do not think she was trying to hurt me. Um, yeah, she ruined my fucking life. She, she gave me medicine that didn't work for me and worked for some people. And I, uh, my whole life changed when I was on that medicine. I was having mood swings and very irritable and I was a, a, a mean person, which I've never been in my whole life. I'm very compassionate and very positive, and very nice to the world. And that medicine, I, I hate to blame it on medicine. I, I did those things, it's my fault. That medicine just, changed who I was for three or four months. And, uh, yeah, I'm very mad at, uh, that doctor. I'm frustrated with the way she treated me when I told her I was feeling worse than when I was on medicine. And then when I was telling her I was getting bloody noses and throwing up and rashes and I was being mean to people I love for no reason. And she doubled my dosage. Yeah, I was very frustrated. And I said that uh, I don't want to speak with you ever again. My psychiatrist told me that uh, I was poisoned. I talked to two psychiatrists and they said you were allergic to the, allergic to the medicine. And most people 
that go down that route on Lexpro end up committing suicide. Holy shit. And that's the fucking road I was on. And it it was scary. The the two scariest nights of my life. I I didn't want to live. And I've never been in such a dark place. I've never been there. And uh I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody how I feel. Like I I just didn't want to be here. And so when I talk about mental illness, like I understand. I understand because I I remember being in that room. I remember turning off all the lights and sitting against the wall and turning off my phone just sitting in the darkness. I know what that fucking feels like. And I know what it feels like to pick yourself up. And that's where I'm at right now. Every day I'm I'm picking myself up and I feel fucking great now. But it's something that we just, we don't talk about. We don't talk about almost dying on a wildfire, having a, a tree roll down a hill and almost hit me and, and almost getting burned over. and you know, a helicopter going through a failure when you're flying and all these things in life, losing so many people growing up. And I don't know what triggered what happened to my mind in the last year. I don't know what started it. But what I do know is it's real and it happens to people. And fucking sucks. And the best thing that you can do is talk to someone. Don't be scared to talk about it. You're not alone. And get outside. Go for a run. Go for a hike. Ride your bike. Whatever it takes, get out and exercise. That that cleared my mind a bunch. And I didn't do any of those things when I was when I was suffering. I, I didn't do all of the things that I love. I've hiked the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail. I've hiked the John Muir Trail five times. I'm a big hiker. When I started having all this panic attacks and all this shit happened in my mind, I didn't do anything that I liked. I lost it all. You lost I lost the woman of my dreams. I lost everything that I loved doing. I didn't care. I was like so compulsive. I just wasn't myself. I remember going downtown in Salt Lake City with $400 in my pocket and handing out $20 bills to homeless people because I just wanted to help other people because I was so lost. And it's crazy how your mind can get. And it happens to people. And I want to be a voice for the people. I want people to know that I went through that shit. And now I'm riding my bike across the country. And I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for myself, but I'm doing it for this world. I want to give back. And that's how people should should live their lives. They should live their lives selfishly, and they should live their lives selflessly. We need to give back to people, and we need to take care of ourselves. But you have to do both. And that's what will make this world a better place. 
when we take care of ourselves and we take care of others. Compassion is one of the greatest things that I've ever learned in this life, giving back to others. And that's how I was raised. I remember my dad on Christmas when I was about four years old, five years old, my dad and I went down to Kmart or Walmart and we got a couple of bikes for some really poor uh, people in Washington, D.C. And on Christmas, he told me, it's not about you. It's about giving back. And so we went down to a really poor neighborhood and we knocked on the door and the lady opened the door. My dad's like, a, he's a fucking hero. And uh, he said, hey, we, we got your, uh, we got your message about you wanted to buy your boys some bikes, but you couldn't afford them. And he said, here's the bikes. He said, we're, we're going to leave. Why don't you just tell them that you got them the bikes? And the lady started crying. And we left. And my dad has always wanted to help other people and never ask for anything himself. And he's done that for 34 years, for my entire lifetime. My mother and father are incredibly incredibly generous people that get back to this world and that's that's how you learn you learn from being around good people and i was blessed that those were my parents and they're always there for me and people need to spend their time around people that do positive things that are nice people that get back to the world we need to we need to embrace ourselves with those kinds of people because it's a beautiful world. You don't have to watch the news and watch the negative shit. This is a beautiful world and people, especially Americans are incredible people. And it takes one little step, help your community. You can't save the world, but it starts right at home. You've got to give back. I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting on a no, dude. Tangent. By all means, soapbox away, dude. This is this is what the point of the show is, man. This is your show. Absolutely, go ahead, keep going, man. I just uh, just a beautiful fucking life, brother. <laughs> that it is, hey. man. But that's the thing. Too, yeah, I, like, I I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better. So. I remember uh, starting this bike ride when we got to San Francisco and leaving the Golden Great Bridge and there's a big climb out of there. And I was still holding some shit in my head. And day by day, pedal by pedal, I just feel so much better. I feel so much clarity. I feel so much strength. And I feel like, it's so cliche to say I feel like myself again. I feel better than my fucking self again. I feel awesome. And it all took the courage just to be like, I'm fucked up. It's time that I go fuck some shit up. I I wish I didn't use that language. but uh, (laughs) You're good, dude. That's why I'm riding my bike across the country. I'm trying to get my mind right. And I'm trying to help others that will go through a struggle that I'll never understand. 
Oh yeah, man. Well, that's the thing, dude. You ever heard of like, uh, the, I guess like the saying, like if you put good energy out in the world or you're in something for the right causes, the universe will come back to you tenfold. Right. I mean, some of your experiences that you're telling me about, like when you're going through the desert Southwest, particularly, man, some of that shit's pretty incredible, man. Like, let's see, you're going through, was it uh Navajo nation or Apache nation when Apache. it was Apache? Yeah, dude. Let's talk about that, man. Cause that's a pretty incredible experience right there to be honored like that. That was holy shit, brother. That was oh bone chilling and such an honor. Like I I was like, I, I don't deserve this. So I'm riding my bicycle through uh Apache lands in Arizona near a small town called Bilas. And uh there's a, a truck stop and they have a place called Apache Burger, which is fitting. And it's just a place where people get gas and get cheeseburgers. And the day before, or like two days before, I was on a Fox 10 in Phoenix. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I walk into the gas station. As I'm walking in, this guy, he says, Hey, where are you from? Where are you riding your bike from? I said, oh, San Francisco, sir. And he said, San Francisco? No way. And so I got little flyers that say what I'm doing and who I'm raising money for. And I hand him a flyer. And uh, his name's Ronaldo. He pulls out his wallet. He's got $21 in his wallet. He hands me a $20 bill. And he says, I'm going to go, go donate to your, to your foundation, to your friends. But I want you to have this so you can have lunch. We love you. And all the Apaches are going to pray for you. I promise. And this guy was poor, man. He has me that $20 bill. I go into the restaurant. I'm waiting in line. And there's this really big, looking like a NFL linebacker kind of guy right in front of me. And he turned around the line, and I got my dog there. And uh, he says, hey, is that Rocky? And I'm like, how the fuck does this guy know it's Rocky? <laughs> and he goes, you were, you were the guy in the news last night, weren't you? And I was like, Shh. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're riding your bike across the country helping firefighters. And I was like, yeah, it's not a big deal, man. It's not a big deal. And there's got to be like 50 or 60 people in the restaurant. And he goes, hey, this is the guy riding his bike across the country. And he's a firefighter, helping firefighters. And everyone started clapping. And I was like, oh, it was a little too much for me. You know, I didn't want any recognition. And he's a sponsor up in the White Mountains uh, in Apache lands. And he sponsors these kids. They got a small bus and... And they put on their costumes and headdresses and they go around to festivals and parades and he's, he's their role models. And he's came outside and he said, we want to sing you a song. And I was just like, taken back, like, you want to sing me a song? I mean, it's just some white kid riding his bike through Apache land. And the kids came over and circled up around me, Rocky and the bike. And, and the trailer, and he said, this song 
is an ancient Apache song that we've been singing for well over a thousand years. And it's called Going Home, where we sing the song of warriors, you know, tribal warriors coming back from war, where they're coming back from hunting. And they stand around us, and there's one kid beating the drum, and they're chanting, and it's all in Apache. And they sing me this, it had to be a 15-minute song about going home and getting there safely. And I I had to put my sunglasses on because I started tearing up. It was such a powerful moment, and it was such a honor for them to welcome me on their sacred lands and then sing me this fucking song? Are you kidding me? Like, how did this happen? I just felt so, so special. And it was just touching that they invited me onto their land and gave me that respect that I didn't deserve. And yeah, and then freaking the next morning, uh, Apache rolls up in a, a car and he says, Hey, he's like, tell me, uh, he heard I was riding my bike through there. And the Apaches have, uh, like special cowboy hats. And he said, Hey, I want to wish you safe travels. And we're grateful that you're here. And he grabs a knife out of his pocket and he's got an arrowhead um, tied to his cowboy hat, and he cuts it off. And he said, "I want to give you this." Holy shit! That was one fucking day. Holy shit, man! So there's things that are happening. That's that's fucking insane, dude. That is fucking wild. That's that's got to be like one of the coolest feelings to ever experience. It, it was just one of those moments where you're literally speechless. You're like, what the fuck is happening? What do you even say to that, man? Like, like words cannot describe say, the amount of like gratitude that you'd probably have. I mean, that that's, that's fucking insane, dude. Do you want me to show it to you? Yeah. You chill the world, man. Let's check it out. Well, let me grab it. That's fucking wild, man. Yeah, true story, brother. I, I keep it in my wallet. I would cherish that thing for fucking ever, dude. Yeah, it gave me this freaking arrowhead. And uh, I talked to one of my good friends that's... Uh, Navajo down in Chinle, Arizona. I called him after this happened. And I said, hey, we're really close friends. So I'm like, what are the chances that uh, an Apache gives us some white boy? You know, just joking around. He said, the chances of someone giving you a sacred arrowhead, that doesn't happen. He said, we rarely do that in our tribe. So, yeah, I hold this very sacred. It's just every every day on this trip. Gosh, two days ago, 
I was in Hatch, New Mexico. I mean, I could go on and on about these stories, but I'm just telling you that there's miracles. There's, people are good people. And we have to start, we have to look more at how the world's fucking good versus how the world's bad because it's a lot more good. And I'm in Hatch, New Mexico. I go to this cheeseburger place, world famous, Sparky's, whatever. And after I get my green chili cheeseburger, that was great. I come outside and I, I talk to the manager and I said, hey, I'm riding my bike across the country. I'm a firefighter. I'm raising money for the foundation. Do you mind if I hang up a flyer in your window? Hands down, just everyone said this the whole way. She goes, for sure. Do you want me to tape it up? Do you want to tape it up? I tape it up. So the interstate's right there, I-10. And then I take like a country road. That's the bicycle route for the Southern Tier. And I'm on the bicycle route. So I'm about, I don't know, 15 miles down the road from that burger place. And a, a Jeep, a blacked out Jeep comes and parks like a quarter mile ahead of me. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. A woman, when I'm riding by with Rocky, a woman gets out of the car. She's got an infant right in the back seat. And she says, are you Kevin? That's Rocky, isn't it? And she comes over, Rocky's in his trailer, starts petting Rocky. And she said, hey, we just got your flyer. Oh, we just saw your flyer at Sparky's. We ran all around town and we couldn't find you. So we thought you might be on this back road. And we just want to come and find you and say that we're praying for you. And they gave me $5 and said, we were, we're praying for you. And I hope this helps you a little bit along the way. We don't have much money, but we'll tell our friends and we'll make a donation soon. We just wanted to say that we're praying for you. And these are moments that are just unbelievable that are happening all the fucking time. Like this world is beautiful and I'm living. It feels like a dream sometimes, brother. Like I just want to ride my bike. <laughs> I, I just want to feel better. And now I got an army of people helping me out. Like the people in Silver City, I mean, special shout out to Billy. They took care of me. They put me up in a hotel and took me out to dinner and watched my dog for a day so I could get up and over Emory Pass. There's people that are going way out of their way to help me. And it's just magical life. And I can't believe that I'm living, living it. Dude, that, yeah, especially like, like all, like considering your past, like, like just fucking recently, dude, you just did not want to be on this planet anymore. And now you're going through this like wonderful, magical journey and seeing some of the best that humanity has to offer, man. That's going to be like, fucking powerful feeling man that's gonna be invigorating yeah it's like oh it blows my fucking mind brother because I went from the saddest I don't want to call it the saddest the darkest place that I've been in my life to the happiest in a month just like that. Dude. How does that happen? 
That's crazy. It was like lights on, lights off. Like, and you can't make this shit up. And so much of this story, how this happened was I had to pick myself up and decide to do something. I had to be like, I got to fucking, I got to fucking go. I got to do something. And then the rest of the story is like the world supported me along the way. And that is what's so cool. Like the whole world is helping me out. You remember when Forrest Gump, he was running across the country and all of a sudden like 30, 40 people come behind him and they're running with him. <laughs> yeah, That's dude. What it feels That's like, like one of my favorite movies, like dude. People, <laughs> are, people are coming with me. Yeah. It's such... It's just so cool to know that we're living in a world that people care and people are loving. People aren't bad. People make bad decisions sometimes. Yeah. The world's pretty fucking good. And I'm living proof. I can tell you about hundreds of people that have helped me along the way. The poorest people in this world have supported me. And that's the best thing about being poor is you fight every day to make that dollar. Ain't that the truth, man? I'm poor, so I can I can say that. I know what it's like because I'm poor. Oh, I've been there, man. And yeah, I, I get it, dude. I definitely get it. But yeah, man, it's 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 a very profound experience that you get to have all of this like behind you, man. That's that's so fucking cool. It's got to be so profound. It literally life fucking changing. Oh yeah, no Jeez. doubt. Every day, every day, I'm I'm very grateful and I'm very blessed and I'm very grateful that for the people that have been in my life that taught me to be a warrior and taught me to be tough and you know i i thank my parents a lot for that my parents and they taught me to be a strong man and uh randy anderson snake river hotshot soup he taught me to lead by example and i've never had a a teacher that has such strong character I didn't have to tell you what to do. He led by example, the true definition, which most people don't get to see. I remember him hiking up a hill one time with two Jerry's, two Jerry's on his fucking tool coming up the mountain and he passed us on the hike. He just flexed on you like marching up the hill with two Jerry cans on his back. Dude. Marching. Damn. And Stud. that's that's the kind of leaders we need in this world. People that do it. They don't fucking talk about it. They do it. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's very important. I, I talk a lot about mental awareness and raising money for the foundation, but I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to do it. And that's what people need to, you got to do it. No matter what it is in life, be a good father, good, good, be a good church member. Be a good role model. Be a good firefighter. No matter what it is, be good at it. Put your fucking effort into it and be good at it. Because people are going to respect you for what you do, not for what you say. And if you do say it, follow up and fucking do it. 
Oh yeah, man. This reminds me of uh, my grandfather, actually Barrett. He, uh, he'd always tell me son and his thick Southern draw. Cause he's, he's from Texas. He's from Sherman, Texas. So right, you can imagine right. the, the thickness in his voice there. Uh, he'd be like, son, I don't care if you're a drug dealer. I don't care if you're an artist. I don't care if you're whatever, whatever you decide to do in life, do the best you very, do the very fucking best you can. And I'll be always be proud of you if you do that. Sounds like, uh, yeah, sounds like you've had a lot of the same kind of mentality instilled in you, man. And there you are, man. You're doing it. You're fucking doing it, man. Yeah. And I, I always will. My, uh, my father always said, finish what you start, finish what you start. And he says, he said that to me a thousand times, at least. And through all the journeys that I've been on through this life, I've always finished what I started because I can hear that in my head. I can hear, finish what you start, finish what you start. There ain't no quitting around here. Hell yeah. Speaking of no quitting, man. So you're one third of the journey, right? Roughly. You're actually over, right? You're over one third of the, the mileage, right? You just got into right, Texas. Yeah. What's next, man? Where, where's, uh, what's like the kind of planned out route that you got going on, man? What's next? Oh, dude, we got a long ways to go. We got, so we got 1,400 miles down and we got 2,300 miles left. So we'll ride through Texas. It's going to be about 1,200 miles. And we got some really cool things that are going to happen in Texas. I don't want to tell you too much about that, but in, I'll tell you a little bit about it. In my first fire season, when I was on an engine up in Helena, Montana, you know, we're fighting fires and live up in a cabin in the woods. I don't have a smartphone. And I saw the devastation of Hurricane Harvey. When we were, we got off the fire and me and my buddy went out to the bar and I remember watching the news and seeing the devastation down there. And I just had like this, this urge in my heart to go help people after that hurricane down in Texas. And I'll never forget it. I walked into my boss the next morning and I said, Hey, I quit. I'm going down to Texas to help people. I had no fucking plan. I had no idea what I was fixing to do. But started a fundraiser. My engine boss took vacation time and came down there with me. And we went and fed over a thousand people, 1,200 people, gave food and water under really ridiculous conditions after the flooding. And uh, there was a family down there that helped us out. And gave us a place to stay and gave us some food every day. And he's flying down to Texas here in a couple of weeks and we're going to surprise them. Dude, that's badass. So yeah, we, we got some cool stuff that's going to happen here in the next couple of weeks. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome, dude. And then, uh, yeah, you're going to be going through, let's see, what town are you in now? I, like, I'm I, in a, El Paso, Texas. You're in El Paso. And then I'll, I'll uh, shoot down, kind of hugging the border, 
through Alpine Marathon and then start heading more east. I'm heading south now and then go through uh, Austin and then go on my way through Austin, Houston, New Orleans, and then all the way to St. Augustine, Florida. Hell yeah. Dude, like going through uh, Texas there, I'll see if I can reach out to some folks and see if they can intercept and yeah, see if we can get you on the show or get you on like as some, some more, uh, some more publications, some more news, news stations or something like that. Maybe we should just hit up Joe Rogan and be like, Hey, Joe Rogan, this dude's going to be here. Let, come on, man. Let's tell your story to a, a way wider audience than fucking anchor point here. Like, come on. Oh, man. I, I like being on anchor point more than any of those fucking shows. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be crazy. It's just, I'm doing this. Like <laughs> the craziest thing, brother. So, I was at such a weird place. I just was going to get on my bike and ride. And originally I was going to ride from San Francisco to San Diego, which I've done a few times. And I didn't want anyone to know. And then uh, my girlfriend at the time, she said, and this was when I was like still coming off the medicine, a little crazy. I was pretty crazy. She said, well, every time you do something, you always do it for other people. And she reminded me of who I was. Like not to be, I got to do it for a greater purpose. And I don't want any publication or I don't want anyone to say good boy or that boy or, you know, get a job. I just want to ride my bike. But I'll tell you what, we're raising money for the Wildland Firefighter Foundation and we're giving money to these people that are going to go through the worst days of their lives and the Wildland Firefighter Foundation is going to help them. I'll be on the news for fucking 10 minutes to talk about that story. So I'll be the light of that, the tip of that spear, so to speak, through this time. I just want to get money to them. I don't care what people think about me. That's the thing though, too, is like you're, you're, you're going to a wider audience, man. I think a lot of people don't understand and a lot of the general public, they don't know like what the deal is with mental health and how those mental health things, those, those detriments kind of affect wildland firefighters. And I think there's a bigger story to be told here, man. So the more you get out there, dude, and the more you tell your story about what you're doing, yeah, it's going to raise money, but also it may save another life. May could be somebody who is in your very same shoes, man. I hope that your story genuinely inspires someone out there to do what they need to do to seek help and heal from their own mental health uh, issues, man. I really do. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I hope so too. And one of the big things is like, People need to know not to be fucking scared. You're not weak. Like I thought, like after being on like a, a hotshot crew and, and being all tough, like I couldn't tell anybody I was weak. Like it felt like the whole world was closing in and I didn't want to reach out to any of the world. And to this day, I don't feel strong when I speak out about it. But what I'm hoping, especially after what you just said, 
was that someone else will talk about it. And what I realized when I started talking about it, I got messages from some of the strongest people I know in this world. And they were like, I'm going through that. I went through that. I didn't tell anybody. And I can't believe that you're talking out about it because I was so scared to. And so many people are opening doors that I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed so-and-so. I'm not going to say any names, but so-and-so was going through hell. And now I'm talking about it, so they want to talk about it. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like we have to somehow create a culture where we're not scared to say how we feel. And it's important to let people know, hey, I'm not doing all right. And it's important that we're not afraid to say that. Well, we always say, hey, let's check in, our, check in on each other. But no one wants to do it. No one wants to say, hey, I'm going through hell. I'm going through hell. We don't want to talk about it. I, I'm still afraid to this day. I don't want to tell people that. I want to call my homie and be like, I just did a fucking two sets of 100 push-ups. What you got? <laughs> I don't want to call him and be like, my mind's fucking killing me. I feel like shit. And uh, I'm thinking about driving my truck over a bridge. We, we don't say that because we're too tough. And we'll dig line, fly in helicopters and fight fire. And hopefully the wind doesn't shift. But we're scared to be vulnerable. And I think it's I think it's time that we start being vulnerable and, and be ourselves and not be scared of it. Because we can be as tough as we can. But we can also say, I'm having a bad day. And I hope one day that becomes okay to say. And those words coming out of my mouth, I I feel weak even saying that. So I can understand why we don't talk about it. That's the thing though, man. That stigma, that stigma is very real, man. It is. hundred fucking percent. You know it. I know it. I, I guarantee you a lot of people listening to this show, they know it too. They're just, they just don't want to admit it. They don't want to say the quiet part out loud per se, but that stigma needs to go. That that needs to fucking sink with the rest of the Titanic, man. That that fucking attitude. And I, I really do genuinely hope that your story inspires, even if it's just one fucking person, to talk about it. Mission right. accomplished, dude. Mission accomplished. Pack it up. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Fucking job well done, right? But the thing right. is, that's that that one person, that's your most important, right? It's the first follower uh mentality, the first follower theory. Like I ever seen that uh that video of the dude just dancing, cutting a rug in the middle of like some concert and on the grass, and he's just fucking dancing his ass off. Pretty soon, one person comes over in there and starts dancing with him. Right. Then right after one after one, one after another, one after another, dude, this is just a big fucking group, man. Now, if we could apply that same concept of the first follower mentality to what you're doing, man, that's the important shit. Hands down. Yeah, I love it. And I think uh, I think we can do that. I think one person will hear this. 
and go do something crazy. Good. Crazy good. It's it's wild. I I was going through hell for so much of this year. And there was only a, a few people in this world that knew what I was going through. And they called me every day. Every day, my close friends called me, texted me, called me, texted me. And then I started feeling better. And I was like, all right, you don't need to call me every fucking day. Pump the brakes. And <laughs> then the, uh, the tables turned. And there was a there was a close friend of mine that called me last night crying and uh I didn't understand a word she was saying for 30 40 minutes and it's important that they were there we're there for each other and I called her mom and it was just like the whole table stirred one day you know Two months ago, my buddy's calling the police doing a wellness check, seeing if I'd throw my truck off a fucking bridge. And now I'm talking to someone and not talking to someone. I'm listening to someone through what they're going through. And it's wild when you, when people know that you're there. And that's the biggest thing, dude, is like just listening. We have to be there for for each other. Well, that's the thing. man. He's being a good boy. He's uh that's the thing though, is like that's like one of the most important things you can do. That's like peer support at its finest, right? It's just fucking listening, man. You don't have to say anything profound. You don't have to fucking like give advice. Sometimes it's not even warranted. Sometimes it's not even welcome. Just just fucking listen, man. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the coolest fucking thing is someone listen to you. Everyone on this fucking planet understands how cool it is when someone just listens to you. So sometimes we don't have to be an asshole and we just have to listen. And it's not that hard to sit there and listen. That probably didn't come across the way I wanted it to. No, I get it, man. No, it's 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 almost more important for someone to listen. You know, a good friend of mine once said, Do you want to talk or do you want to be heard? And there's a big difference between the two, man. If you want to talk, yeah, you can talk. There's a conversation. It's a two-way street, right? But sometimes you need to be heard. And in those cases, sometimes you need to listen, man. I, I totally get it. And that has a lot of value for whoever is spilling their guts to you. I, I've been in that fucking situation, man. All I wanted to do was like have someone listen, man. And to have them actually sit and actively listen and hear my my shit, my spiel, my whatever you want to call it, my 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 fucking turd sandwich that I'm trying to verbally force feed them. That meant <laughs> <laughs> I mean that meant the world to me. It did. Yeah. Rocky. Oh, stop. Rocky. But yeah, man, I think that's uh that's the important part about this whole episode, man, and I think what you're doing is genuinely kick ass and uh yeah, man. What? So, what's next on the journey, dude? So, you got, you said twenty three hundred miles to go. You're cruising through Texas, which is the biggest part of your journey in the first place, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a long, long leg of it. Well, my, uh, oh gosh, my dad was supposed to come down to El Paso and help me out for ten days, 
he said I wasn't supposed to say this, but I'll say it out of the way. Um, but he got COVID. So my mom or dad have COVID. Oh, so he's not dude. able to fly down until like Friday or Saturday. And shoot, Texas is going to be a long fucking pull. Yeah, I think it's 1,200 miles across the state. It's at least 1,000. Yeah. I got no time frame. I got no one to go home to. I'm trying to trying to make myself better, and I'm trying to do this for a greater purpose and make some fucking money. So uh, I reckon the longer I'm on the road, the more money we can raise. Oh yeah, man. And that's the thing. That's not only the money, but the the awareness, dude. That's that's another one too. That's that's the. I would even say it's almost a bigger one. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see a shit ton of money raised for the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. But I think if you could save a life by what you're doing from what you're doing, man, inspire other people's or other people, that's, that's fucking huge, man. You can't put a value on that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's, it's very important to me to, just like you were saying, if one person one person hears this and that helps them. I remember, I don't tell this story very often, but uh, I remember one night I was in, uh, sorry, I always think about this guy. Uh, One time I was in Portland, Oregon. And there's a, a lot of bridges up there. And I was walking over a bridge to uh, meet one of my friends. And there was a guy standing up on the bridge. And he was holding the pole. He was up on the fence. It looked like he was fixing to jump. And I remember walking up there and I was like, I don't know what the state of this guy and he's holding the pole. I said, Hey, what are you doing? And he ended up coming down and I said, Hey man, you want to talk to somebody? And he said, nobody wants to talk to me. I said, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll listen to you. What, what you got? And he said, uh, well, I was about to drunk, jump off that bridge. I was going to kill myself. I didn't want anybody to know. I said, well, you want to come over here? And you want to just sit down and talk? It'll be, it'll be okay. And we ended up walking to the, the downside of that bridge. And we sat down and we talked to each other about what he was going through and I expressed things that I've been through relating to him having as much empathy trying to sit there in that deep place with him and he didn't jump off that bridge that night and I don't know if he did it the next day but I know that talking to him that day helped him in that moment and that's something that uh we should do we should talk to people on that day because i can't promise you what's going to happen tomorrow but today we can make a difference 
Yeah, gosh, sometimes, sometimes I have to think about that guy. I just wonder. Like, mental illness is a real fucking thing, and I'm living proof, and I'm talking about it. Every day is not fucking easy. My friend Alicia uh, works for the Swan Valley Hell Attack, and she happened to be in San Francisco when we got started. And my first night of the trip, we got off the train and went to a hotel, and uh, Alicia took us out, took me out to dinner, and uh, I just my mind shut down and I was like, I'm so sorry, but I have to leave. And so in the middle of dinner, right, right before it even came, I just had to go back to the hotel and go back to bed. So it's a real story. It's happening. And for the last three and a half weeks, I felt fucking great. And I owe a lot of that to the firefighters that have helped me out. And I owe a lot of that to my dog and my family. But I just picked up and I realized I needed to do something. I needed to make a change. No one told me to do anything. I decided to do it. And that's what I want people to know. You got to pick yourself up. No one's going to do it for you. But you're not alone. Don't be afraid to fucking speak out. Talk to people. It's okay. It's okay to not be okay. I guarantee that you'll be better one day. I can't tell you if it's going to be tomorrow or in six fucking months or six years. I have friends that went over to Afghanistan and it takes a lot longer. No one knows how long it's going to be. But talking about it is your first step. And picking yourself up is your first step. And it could be God. It could be riding a bike. It could be this or that. I don't know what it's going to be. But you've got to do something. Because sitting there on a fucking couch is not going to pull you out of that situation. You have to do something. And no one's going to do it for you. You have to do it. I dig it. What you're doing is fucking I incredible, tried. man. I tried. <laughs> you tried? <laughs> what do you mean you tried? You fucking knocked it out of the park, motherfucker. Come on. <laughs> it's, a, it's a true story. I'm not, it's, it's reality right now. You know what I mean? One of the greatest things that I've learned in my life was compassion. Compassion to others. No matter what point you are at life, whether you're high or you're low, it's very important that we get back the people around us and we spread love, we stay positive, and we spread kindness and we take care of one of another. That's all I want to say. I like it, man. I like it. And it's true, man. It's true. We definitely got to have more compassion in this world, dude. It's, it's one of those things that seems like it's fading at times when in reality, it's all around us. We just kind of don't notice it because we're burdened with a bunch of bullshit. Like all, all you see on the news or, you know, typically on the news is just like 
tragedy and fucking the opposite of compassion, whatever that looks like, man. But I think a lot of people yeah. have compassion out there, man. I think that's the important thing. I mean, you've experienced a shit ton of it on your journey so far, man. And I'm sure you're going to experience a lot more. But on that note, dude, per tradition, I always like to give uh, the guests an opportunity to give a, a shout out to some homies, heroes, mentors. Who do you got for us, man? Uh, the only person I want to give out a little shout out to is my dad, the guy who taught me how to ride a bike and then threw me down the road and closed his eyes. And I learned how to ride that bike and fall 15 times. <laughs> so, yeah, my only shout out is uh, to my father. But if I think about that, this is for you. This is for all my firefighters out there that risk their life every single fucking day. And they go out there and do a job that needs to be done. And we don't look to the left. We don't look to the right. We do it because it needs to be done. And I have a lot of respect and all those firefighters that lost their lives, I pray for you and I pray for their families. And I think about that every step of the way. And uh, God bless America. Fuck yeah, man. I love it. And as far as uh, where we can find you on the old socials and then uh, also where can we donate? That's a good one. Where, where the hell are we going to go to donate, man? Yeah, I mean, the easiest route to get there is uh, go to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation.org, WFFF.org, WFF.org. Um, I post all my uh, videos and, and daily content on my Instagram, Backcountry Ninjas, which I guess if you, if you donate, you can follow, but you got to donate to follow the fun. You got to earn it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's all going. 100% donations are going straight to the foundation. This isn't. This isn't about me. This isn't about me. This is. This is about raising money for fallen heroes. Fuck yeah, man! I love it, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll just post a video or two every day so you can see what it's like to ride ride a bike across the country. But I'm doing this for a much greater purpose than myself. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, dude, this is huge, man. This is this is important shit, man. And I hope that the word gets out there and I hope that we raise a shit ton of money. And even more importantly, I hope we raise a little bit of awareness for mental health, man. That's that's huge, dude. So I appreciate what you're doing, man. It's no small feat. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, see some updates from you on the social media. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's what's happening all the time. All the firefighters that helped me out, Gosh, continuously. The coolest thing, Brandon, was yesterday I got a message and uh, a guy said, I'm sending a $1,000 check to the foundation in your honor. And so I'm getting all these people that have never heard about fire. I'm from Virginia. We don't have wildfires in Virginia. We have a nice fall. We don't have fires. Yeah. And there's people that are hearing about fires now. And that's what's so cool is we're getting to a, a bigger audience to make them aware about wildfires out west. Because you only hear about the ones on the news about California. Yeah, pretty much. 
You don't hear about the ones you go to in Nevada and you fly in a helicopter to. You don't hear about that. And not that we need to hear about that, but raising awareness for what's happening and who's out there fighting. And that there's a foundation out there that helps these families when they go through a tragedy. That's something that right, the saddest moment of your life. And they step in and help and they assist them in any way that they can. So it's pretty cool to raise money for something like that. Fuck yeah, it is, man. That's cool, man. I dig what you're doing, Kev. Dude, this is this is one hell of a journey, man. And I uh yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do some more episodes, man. We'll do the mid, I guess not the mid, the two thirds of the way journey and then an ender. Hopefully we can get your ass over here into Reno and it can actually sit across from you. Like actually where my <laughs> camera's sitting, you know? <laughs> get I you on a live episode, it. man, when you get back. So I but love yeah. it. I love it. And I guess uh, Yeah, no, I I'll definitely yeah, we'll We'll figure, yeah, I got a long bike ride ahead of me. And I'm excited for every step of that journey. I would be, man. That's a huge thing, man. It's it's fucking cool. That's cool, dude. And that's another thing too, man. It's like uh I I, I kinda I know you're not gonna say anything about this, but I am. So I'm really hoping that if uh anybody is out there listening and they have maybe some connections like in like the nutrition industry or fucking hydration or if they know David Goggins or they could get some exposure for your cause, man, by all means, share this episode with them. Tell the story, man. And let's, yeah, let's uh, get Kevin to do some fucking awesome work here. Spread the word, do good stuff and spread that to a wider audience. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to keep battling and I'm, it's a true story. I, I didn't, I tried to tell it as honest as I could. I went through fucking hell. I went through fucking hell. And I care about these people that risk their lives for our country and, and die on the fire line. So this is a story way greater than me, brother. Fuck yeah, man. I dig it. Well, Kev, thank you so much for being on the show, dude. And uh, yeah, give Rocky some love for me, man. Dog looks, your dog's awesome. <laughs> he's cool. Hey, hey, God bless, man. Thanks for so much for having me on the show. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, special thank you to all the wildland firefighters, all the firefighters, all the first responders, all the fucking vets, everyone that goes above and beyond to do things just to do things. We don't ask for a thank you. We just do it. So God bless America and, and thank you for your time. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, dude. So thank you very much. As for the rest of you guys, take care. Spread the word. Let's get this uh let's get this thing rolling, man. Pun intended. See, there's my dad joke of the night. Everybody gets one. <laughs> Bicycle rolling. <laughs> hey yo. And roll because we got the pedals, right? <laughs> oh, I'll catch everybody later, man. Kev, thanks for thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. All right. You too, man. Have a great night. Later, guys. Hey. 
And boom. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Acre Point Podcast is in the books with my good friend, Kevin Conley. Kev, dude, this is one hell of a ride. This is an epic journey. And dude, I, I, I cannot even begin to express my deepest level of sincerity here. This is a cool cause, man. And uh, yeah, so for all you folks that are uh, interested, I'll definitely post some links in the show notes and also that link to donate to his fundraiser is in all of my social media profiles. So if you want to uh, donate to a good cause and help support Kevin along the way, by all means, donate to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation or hell, buy this man a beer. I mean, get him a hotel room or have him crash your couch and at least get this man a shower he's riding his bicycle across the country from san francisco down to san diego all the way to florida that is pretty freaking badass so kev dude that is epic we'll see you again on the show as for the rest of you i hope you all enjoy the show and uh yeah Gear up for those holidays. And once again, if you uh, find yourself in Reno, come on over to the Anchor Point Podcast meetup. It's going to be epic. Special shout out to our sponsors. We got Mystery Ranch, purveyors of the finest damn packs in the wildland game. We've also got our premier coffee sponsor. We've got Hotshot Brewery. Go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it all out. We've got the ass movement. Go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. We've got the Smoky Generation. Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization over there. And uh, yeah, if you want to win one of those Smoky Generation grants, well, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. And last but not least, we have Sierra Blanco Wildland Fire Academy. So... Rumor has it that they're going to be doing a scholarship here pretty soon. So if you happen to be one of those new people into fire and you want to get some stuff under your belts, some education, if you will, go over to sbwfacademy.com and check them out. As for the rest of you, you all know the drill. Stay safe. Stay savage. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.